1: In this program, we're fortunate enough to have to to have Ed Jones join us on the program. It's always interesting. It's always a much easier job for me when Ed is here because we work together for so many years. We kind of know how each one each one of us works. And as I've said so many times before, when Ed or actually anybody else is here, I only have to work half as hard. And Ed knows from working with me for 27 years, the least less amount I have to work, the happier this boy is.
0: Well, we're all that way, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess.
1: I guess to a certain extent, that's true. Um, I wanted to bring something up before we get into all the other stuff. I was just thinking about this, and, and I actually did a TikTok on it. I've always shit on the media. I have a problem with the media, even though you and I both worked in the media. Uh, yeah. I, I also suggest that that mainstream media news is shit. That journalism no longer exists. It's all tabloid shit. Now I have a perfect illustration of it. Because right now, I'm at 11 o'clock a.m. Minneapolis time. For the last couple of days, if you wanted to watch MSNBC or CNN, <laughs> you'd turn that on. And you know what would be there? The murder trial of Alex Murdoch uh, alleged to have killed his wife and his son. Now I grant you this is a compelling case. It's salacious. It's sexy. It's sensational. It's tabloid esque. But they're 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 dedicating all day to their broadcast to Alex Murdaw testifying. Now it's weird too that a defendant would testify in a murder case. So it's got all the sexy pieces that you want in in a story. But my problem with this is is that as sexy as it is, Alex Murdaugh is one guy a prominent lawyer in a small town in South Carolina where he's alleged to have killed two people his wife and his and his son there's some embezzlement involved there's some drugs involved no doubt there's some sex involved so it's got all the pieces but they're focusing and dedicating their whole days their all their broadcast to that and it's not exactly slow news days out there. We've got investigations, we've got shootings, we got possible indictments, we got Ukraine, we got what's going on with the train derailment in Ohio. But they can dedicate the whole fucking day to this one little murder case in one little town in South Carolina, and it's because it sells. If it bleeds, it leads. It's scandalous. So that's what they run with. And that is proof positive to me. There is no fucking journalism.
0: No, I agree with you a thousand percent and MSNNBC is generally my viewing of choice when it comes to, uh, news. Uh, yeah. because there are se- several people on there that I do think are still journalists and some, uh, are very, very talented journalists. Yeah, I do too. Uh, their evening lineup and, uh, um, well, well, Belshi, the guy who's over in Ukraine right now, he's uh, top notch. Uh, Rachel Maddow, top notch. Um, Adano. A great, yeah, all always, you know, that he usually go to sleep with him on, but um, you know, that's nothing against him, it's just they You're put old. him on really late, and I'm old, yeah, but uh, yeah, this is really pissing me off. I mean, this is ridiculous, and you know. This just points out that uh, I'm not sure what year the suits took over completely uh, broadcast news, but um, it was probably sometime in the 70s even that it, that it started happening. Yeah, I think and so. That uh, they stopped letting uh, actual journalists run news, and it became a, a profit center for whatever network it was or cable entity that it was of course, Fox News was always fake we always knew it was fake right. and only stupid people don't know it's fake and haven't admitted it and I mean right now if you look and you see uh, the, the text between the, the hosts and so forth comparing what they said on air to what they said um, uh, privately back and forth to each other you see just how fake they really really are right. and that's Tucker Carlson that's uh, it's all of them. It's every well, damn one of them. You know they're they're nothing but but frauds. And people who can't see that should be slapped around until they do see it. But I say that just to get them out of the way, and that includes OAN and Newsmax and all of the clones of, of Fox News that uh, that didn't pull back and went full full throated into the the fraud. We see uh, all of this that's happening that we should be focusing on like the the, um, AG out in Arizona who suppressed the fact that uh, uh, they knew that there was no fraud in Arizona. They knew it. They did a study, but he sat on it, right? That's a story that bears repeating over and over and over again until the guy's chased out of the state. And they should be doing that in many other places. But what it comes down to, Corporate media is corporate media. If a corporation owns the media, they will use it to their advantage. And that's what they're doing right now. They're making money on this trial because people who can't watch Real Housewives of Oklahoma right now are tuned in
1: to this thing. Absolutely. And and, and I have a theory. See what you think about this. I think in the 50s, 60s, and even some of the 70s, uh, as I understand it, news was kind of a loss leader. On networks, they had to they had to run some news, uh, maybe by law, maybe by FCC law, or at least they want they needed to do it to be in line with everybody else. But then, when Kennedy died, and we had the '60s, and then we had RFK, and and some of the assassinations, and the Vietnam War, and the body count every night uh, on the TV news, they had a revelation. This is my theory. They had a revelation. Jesus Christ, this thing that we thought couldn't make any money, now it's making some money. So now, slowly but surely, it turned into more of this sensational tabloid. It took a while, because through the 60s and 70s, news was pretty solid. And then and then things, then uh, Obama comes into office. And that threw a hitch into the media's salacious and sensational news, because all of the time, Obama was in office. It was pretty quiet. No real scandals. Nobody getting indicted. No real problems. And at that point, news, news sources were starting to have trouble with money. And then in 2016, along comes the uh, the tabloid cash cow, Donald Trump. And they just latched onto him because they knew he was going to be money. And if they fostered that and and pushed him and helped him they would make all kinds of money if he became president. Well, he did become president, and guess what? They made all kinds of fucking money. So, so, of course, they buy in all the way. This is how they make their money. It doesn't matter if it's true. It matters is if it makes money. And so I think that's how we ended up where we are now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, when I was a kid, news was an hour, and that included local and national Right. Um, and weather was, and sports. Right. And all of that, you know, it was all contained in one hour, usually at five or six o'clock, depending on what section of the country you were in, or, or later if you were in California or mountain time. But uh, there were very few commercials because, as you say, the way it was set up, picture this, okay, there is a river of gold flowing along and the government is empowered to let certain people go out and dip their buckets in that river.
2: Right.
0: Now, uh, that's what uh, broadcast was like. I mean, it was a river that nobody had really exploded before because we didn't get for TV until what? 49 some places mm-hmm. later. We got our first TV, my family in 54, I believe. And I had seen it in my uncles and other places before that. But, uh, People didn't pay for the frequencies. No. They built a, they, they, they had money. They built a broadcast center, some sort of station. And then the government said, okay, you have this part of the frequency. But we're giving this to you. It belongs to everybody, but we're letting you exploit it. All you have to do is agree to operate in the public interest. And that includes doing news.
1: Right. And public service
0: stuff. Right. And they were supposed to do that for free. Because they were allowed to dip their buckets in the golden river, right? But over time, as regulations, uh, as oligarchs collect their money, they're able to buy sufficient politicians so that they can get rid of these pesky rules of, of uh, you have to, uh, you know. And, and to be fair, I mean, they they did do news and they did do their quote public service. Sunday afternoon used to be what they called the public service graveyard. Right. Because um, back then, the NFL, let's say, would be on one network. And then the next year, they'd all bid to get the NFL and it might switch. But all the others had nothing to do except do secondary sports or put something in there like opera or a a jazz band or something on the afternoon. It was supposed to be good for people to watch, but they couldn't really make much money on it. So that's where they do it. Either that or once they expanded to 24 hours, they do it after um, midnight. Well, we, we probably
1: both worked at radio stations where we either produced or board-opted and, and ran uh, public service shows. and and, yeah. and, you know, they might be from the DNR about hunting. There was a TV show in Minneapolis that showed up on Sundays, and it was called Aviation Today with Sherm Bowen. And they would talk oh, yeah. about airplanes, commercial yep. and small. And, and Fun smaller. with flags. <laughs> yeah. So so they'd have all these shitty shows that nobody watched because – and they put it on at a, a horrible time because nobody was watching anyway just so they could live up to their responsibility with public service. That happened all the time. You don't hear that anymore.
0: No. No, every, every – pretty much every moment of broadcast time is somehow or other – they have they, for the after midnight crowd, they realized there were people up who couldn't sleep. Right. So they discovered the infomercial right. one hour of something trying to sell you some wacko product that from KTEL or wherever, or you know, a Vegematic or a Fish a Magician or whatever it might be. So they, they would do that and then well, monetize
1: I've, it. Well, yeah, and they found out that we can run shit shows that presumably nobody wants to watch but we can also make money from it so yeah. so basically the way they did that i don't know if you know this but a lot of those infomercials on radio or tv what they do these people would come out and sell the kitchen magician the tv station wouldn't charge them for the time they would take a percentage of the sales nice. So there was no money up front. So any idiot could come sell some shit on TV. And when the sales came in, they'd have to pay the TV station, whatever it is. And if it sold real well, the TV station did real well. So, yeah, it was it was just taking shit time and turning it into, once again, making an extra buck. And the churches, yeah. you know, we have the church. Well, people don't understand churches are a big source of income to these small radio stations Oh, absolutely! because C- they pay a lot of money to be on those radio stations every sunday because they can collect a shitload of money from offerings and stuff it it's the whole thing is about money and hype and and for a while with walter cronkite and some of the people we saw in the 70s we really got actual news and now we're watching a murder trial in small town south carolina when the fucking world is falling apart
0: yeah, my first radio job was uh, was in Waterloo, Iowa, a daytime AM. Mm-hmm. They played uh, the music of your life, uh, which was a format you could buy. Right. But this was kind of Im- an imitation of that. It was a big band and the non rock hits of the fifties and sixties and whatever, seventies, something. To, yeah, pretty much. And um, but across the field from us, we ran the country, was this huge warehouse like building. And I asked, you know, what's that? And they said, well, it used to be a TV station, but now it's a radio station. And uh, all they play is religious stuff, pre-programmed, you know, that comes in on tapes. And they, it, it was a clear channel station. It blasted all in wow. all the way into Canada uh, with this stuff. So I had to take some copy over there one day. They asked me to run it over there because we were Um, we had written a commercial we were running and they wanted to use the same one because they only had about two people working there. So I run the tape over and I go in the front door and it's like this warehouse and I'm wandering around this place. It's gigantic. And finally I see this like room in the middle of it. That's where their control room was that uh, it took you like 10 minutes practically to get to it. And uh, there were two guys there running this whole operation, and I gave them the tape, and, so, and you know. But that's all they did. They sat there and just made sure the equipment didn't go down. But everything was—they uh, were just playing tapes from all of these, uh, you know, different uh, evangelists or televangelists, whatever you want to call them, um, all day long, all night long, blasting it
1: out across the country. And they were probably making a shitload of money because they all hired. Lord. They hire two guys for five bucks an hour to start and stop tapes, yep. and they run these yep. tapes. And every time they're running, they're making another bunch of money.
0: Yep, exactly. So I, I saw right then I was in the wrong end of the business.
1: Yeah, no shit. Now the media, the media today is uh, largely responsible for the divisiveness because. Nobody tells the same story. So if you watch one place and you're talking to a guy who talks to another place, you can't even talk on the same level because you haven't gotten the same facts. We've got a murder trial that is interesting and compelling, but really not relevant to the rest of the country. Yet the mainstream media, the national news, wants to dedicate its whole day to it only because they know people will be caught up with the tabloid part of it the scandal part of it, and they'll watch this shit. I mean, this is why Donald Trump got to be successful. He was stupid. He was ignorant. He was a fool. And people love watching that shit. So that's how he got to be president.
0: Yeah, if you go back, let's see, I'm trying to remember, you remember Morton Downey Jr.,
1: right? I I do. He was a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, he was. And he was very much a Trump-type guy, but he did a TV show, and uh, you had him, and then you had um, the guy who was mayor of Cincinnati or wherever. It was, Jerry Springer,
1: uh, Jerry Springer,
0: Jerry Springer, who uh, who introduced violence into it, and uh, you had this this growing thing, and then it was the Real Housewives and so forth, and then eventually um, we used to have things called the History Chat right. and uh, and um, other Nickelodeon and all of these others, uh, MTV. Uh-huh. Um, all of these cable channels that were dedicated to niche programming, that uh, History Channel did real history stuff. And uh, um, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? They had opera and jazz and all that kind of stuff on it. And then plays and uh, uh, Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. Uh, you know, uh-huh. And it was dedicated. And that all of these were taken over by this uh the, quote, reality programming, which, mm-hmm. of course, there was nothing real about any of them. None of it is true. Nothing, all of those people are merely acting. They're not, or sort of, you know. Yeah. They're pretending to fight with each other and so forth, and people started eating it up. Then along, along comes Donald Trump, and he creates this, or they create this persona for him of this successful businessman on The Apprentice and so forth. And uh, it was fake. He was not a successful businessman nobody got a job uh, that there was no uh, even the elevators were fake i mean everything about it was completely fake but they created this image of the successful guy and uh and then threw in the violence and everything else they could possibly think of and that's how we got president trump
1: see if you remember this you know you talk about morton downey jr and jerry springer they go back a ways there was one other guy that when I was a little, little kid, it made an impression on me, but I watched Joe him. Pine? Joe Pine. Because, yeah. you know, this was like the 60s, and he would do yeah. his show, and he'd yell and swear at people, kick them off the stage. And I don't remember it as well as I should, because I was like fucking eight, shouldn't have been watching it anyway. But he was kind of the precursor to all these crazy fucking talk show hosts in this alleged-to-be-reality television
0: yeah, you have to go back to Joe Pine. And and before him, if you want to go way back to Father Coughlin, uh, who was on radio, who was a Catholic priest who was right-wing and against uh, uh, Roosevelt and uh, was very, you know, the, he was kind of the, the progenitor of the whole thing. But really, Joe Pine, who came along in the 60s, I could, we couldn't watch it for some reason. I think it, it, may, it may have been syndicated or something, but For some reason, where we live, we couldn't get it. But a lot of the people I knew did watch it. And I was surprised at uh, the intelligent people actually watched this because I think outrage plays. And he was outrageous and he was always mad about something. And and, um, it played and people bought into it. And uh, then along comes Rush Limbaugh and, of course, Fox News and all of that. But seeing the success of this kind of crap, they just latched onto it and they've been doing it ever
1: since. You know, I I inadvertently did a study of this in, in the TikToks. Now, if I do a TikTok, I might be talking like this, telling the story and being blunt and straightforward. But if I'm in a mood someday and I feel especially passionate about it and I get a little burr in my saddle and I might say, and this is the fucking way it is and I cannot believe it and such and such. You know what? Those videos get far more views than me when I'm just telling it straight. Isn't that interesting? So people are taken in by the passion or the energy of whoever's saying it. So somebody like Morton Downey Jr., uh, Real Housewives, uh, wherever the fuck, uh, WWE, they all know what, what catches people's interest. And makes them choose who they like and who they don't like. And it really doesn't matter if they like you or don't like you as long as they're watching. And, and Exactly. And, and that's the problem with our media today. Everything is entertainment, nothing is real, nothing is factual, nothing is truth. Well,
0: religious people or rather those who prey on religious people right. have known this forever. Yeah, well, the evangelist,
1: evangelist. Yeah,
0: the, the Bible, the guy waving the Bible and thumping on it and screaming and uh, doing one long sentence with an occasional hook huh thrown in. Yeah. These are the guys who have uh, who have influence because they're in the spirit. They are being uh, invaded by the spirit of God, and that's what's driving them. When they're just you know basically fraud. But I, yeah, I, I used to place.
1: I, I used to love watching the evangelists. Uh, not because I listened to a fucking thing they did. It wasn't about the religion part of it, but it was interesting to watch their style and the way they yep. do things and the way they were able to tell stories and the way they were able to excite people. And I was thinking about what you just said, you know, how they'll say, and he came to the river. Oh, you know, he'll, they'll make that little sound after. Right. It, and it's like building a cadence or building a yep. uh, 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 a beat. And and the best way I can give an example to it, have you seen that commercial with Matthew McConaughey? Yes. And he's talking about something or other, he makes a point, slaps his hand together. And then slowly but surely, more and more people follow him and more and more people slap their hands together. It, it just goes to show that there are plenty of followers out there and they will latch on to something they find either entertaining or comforting or protective. You know, they, they feel like they're being protected because they've got this one loudmouth guy or one loudmouth gal who's got the strength to fight for them and lead them into battle. And that's, that's the main thing for all of these, these media outlets It's people wanting to have help get whatever their agenda is. And when they found that one person who, who agrees with them and is loud and proud about it, man, they're right in line, lockstep.
0: Absolutely. And I I think it speaks to a need because our educational system has has never been great. I mean, it was probably in in some ways better when I was a kid than it is now. Um, Mainly because kids knew if they acted up, there would be a penalty to be paid. Now they know the parents will come in and rail against the teachers and the superintendent or whatever and fight the battle just because they misbehaved. Right now, my my local... uh, uh, They can't get bus drivers because kids are so bad. Right, I I can't tell you. But uh, yeah, I mean that particular commercial that you mentioned. What's it for, Mike?
1: I don't fucking know. I know. I know it was kind of inspirational because that's how uh, McConaughey is. I, I honestly don't know what it is. And, I, you know, to be honest with you, any good commercial I see that catches my attention, I almost never yeah. know what the product is, which means that advertisement was a failure.
0: Exactly. And that's, uh, you know, i learned that because I used to do commercials. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, you'd go in and you'd go, wow, this is fun. This is great. And then along the way, you'd realize, well, this is a great commercial for me. Yeah, because I'm enjoying doing it, but it ain't going to sell the product because it it just we don't mention the product. We don't sell the product. It's 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 some sort of intuitive thing they're trying to do here. Uh, Well, I looked up the company and they kind of work with other companies to make them better. um, Their (laughs) image anyway. And uh, I guess it's a PR kind of thing. And and you can see that they're creating this this idea of this company that it's doing something great. I think they're claiming that they're trying to make business more uh, ethical, if you will. And that's probably what brought Matthew in because yeah. he's kind of a new agey kind of guy, in right? Way. Right. But uh, even though he does like to get high and play the bongos naked, but you know, well, who doesn't? who doesn't?
1: I was just doing that before we hooked up here. <laughs> Oh, thank I only, God, I didn't I, see it. I only put on <laughs> clothes because we're on Zoom now, and you can't see me. Um, yeah, there you go. You know, you know, it's funny. They they want to do this to get people sucked in, but I had an experience where they thought I went too far. And it's not. I was I was writing commercials for MNDOT. The, there was two occasions this happened. I was writing commercial or PSAs for MNDOT, the Department of Transportation, about about. Um, Uh, Snowplow safety. Don't go. Don't go close to the snowplows because they'll fucking kill you. Which is true. (laughs) Yes. So I wrote. In this particular instance, I wrote this PSA, and I had two sons, one that was probably twelve, and one that was six. And I said, I'm going to incorporate them into the commercial because what makes (laughs) what makes people stand up and listen, what tugs at the heartstrings more than a kid talking about some tragedy. So basically I did this one. My 12-year-old was a smart kid, and he was saying, Right. Yeah, my dad was driving in the snow and he got too close to a snow plow. And 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 my little guy, who couldn't be trusted for more than a couple words, says, He got dead. And then <laughs> and then <laughs> and then my older son goes, It's okay, buddy. We'll be, I'll take care of you. And then the outro is me going, uh, stay clear of snowplows, do this right. and that. So I send it in and I play it to them and they play it on some places. They go, Mike, you can't run that. I go, why not? <laughs> he goes, well, people are so upset. They're, they're upset about this. It's scaring them. I go, isn't that the fucking point? Yeah. I, I mean, isn't that the fucking point? My poor little six-year-old son took it to kindergarten. He was all excited. He's on a radio commercial getting played all over all over the state. They play it. And at the end. They recognize Max's voice on this, and they—they're all crying because they thought Max's dad died. <laughs> <laughs> but t- there was one other instance. <laughs> now I'm just blowing my own horn, but what the fuck? It's my show. Um, I had this wealthy client, and he was very liberal, and he hated the lottery. Okay. Yeah. He hated the lottery, and he every year he paid somebody out of his own money to do spots against the lottery, and he paid a lot of money for it. And I said, "Dude, I I can write those spots for you." He said, "Yeah, no." He didn't think I could do it. And I said, "He said, yeah, no, I I, I can't. I can't." I said, "I'll write them for you if you like them. Run them. You don't have to pay me anyway, so I don't care." And so I wrote these, and and I did something similar. I used a kid, and and had a mom sitting there talking to a son and and the son goes, mom, I really want these cool tennis shoes. And she goes, you know, I can't afford those. Those are expensive. We don't have that kind of money. And she says, but you know what? I got these scratch off things. And if I scratch it off and I win, I'll get you the tennis shoes. So you hear the scratching and stuff. And, and, and uh, the kid goes, mom, did you win? Did you win? No, honey, I didn't win. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes, "Oh man, now I can't even have the the, the bad tennis shoes cuz you spent it mm-hmm. all on scratch offs." <laughs> so, my guy liked it. He put it out there. It went on one radio station and there was a shitstorm. The lottery was calling and complaining and 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 the radio stations were all talking about it in the morning. Oh, the lottery's mad. They might sue somebody. It was on all the talk TV shows and my guy Calls me up and goes, what the fuck did you do? I said, I did what you asked me to do. He goes, but it's going wild. Everybody's mad. I said, dude, isn't that what you wanted? I said, how much money did you spend on advertising? (laughs) And he told me a figure. It wasn't a lot of money. I said, well, you were on every fucking morning show in this town today. You're on every afternoon talk show on tv today you're getting a lot of fucking advertising for free for nothing and that's thanks to me so you're buying me motherfucking dinner but you know that's that's the thing is they they want it they they want it something that's going to grab you but they want it still kind of light you know they want it fun and kind of scandalous, like Teresa Judice tips over a table. Oh my God, that's what we talk about for a week. Yeah, And that's what's happening in the TV news, too. Yeah. Some well, kind of
0: I got to throw in because I got sure. in trouble for it. I don't even know if they said anything to you or not, but uh, I got called in on this one. Um, we were Mike was doing a traffic report every 10 minutes. Right. I was doing, I was playing music and doing news and that sort of thing, you know, so I was working my ass off and he's coming on every 10 minutes and doing a minute. Right. And True. depending, yeah. Depending on the time of day, maybe there's nothing happening. So True. He's got a, he's got a riff for two minutes about nothing. And and he might throw in an announcement about a road closure or something like right. that, but he's, he's got a riff, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like doing play by play really.
1: We that's exactly right what it, it was, and that's
0: how I looked yeah. at it. But one morning we were talking, and I, I just, you know, to help Mike out, I guess, or just because it's what you do on the morning show, I asked, what's the weirdest thing? You, have you ever seen do you ever see weird stuff? Because you're looking at all these cameras. I'm assuming you can zoom in.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And, and one of the things you mentioned was a guy playing with his flute. And I all I said was, I hope that's a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. phone so starts ringing off the hook. And, you know, of course, most of it was just people laughing their ass off. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a couple of them, you know, from the school district, uh, maybe it was, uh, um, you, know, you know, the school board or somebody. Some people were, well, we shouldn't be talking about
1: flutes. <laughs> well, well we, we did see some weird things. I mean, yeah. um, there was the story of the guy who was on foot along the highway. Carrying yeah. a, a AK-47 or some assault yeah. rifle, but he was also completely nude, which was yes. which was kind of weird. There was an occasion I can tell this on the podcast because this is my show and nobody's going to shut it down. We had these cameras and we could overlook a uh, uh, a ramp, a meter where cars are yeah. stopped, and it was the summer and there was this convertible, <laughs> and there was a guy and a woman. Um. Sitting in the front seat of the car, and apparently, the guy had dropped a crumb between his legs because the woman was bent over helping her find that crumb. If you know what I'm saying, and I think you do, yeah, you yeah. saw some weird shit out there,
0: yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah, I didn't that's, report that's... it though. <laughs> if I would, I would have got fired. Well, there's that. You know, you have to you have to uh, edit yourself
1: sometimes but, well don't uh, you don't you think don't you think that that is a large part of the reason for the success for the Republican yeah. Party over the Democratic Party they understood what played the outrage, the yes I mean they took the most minute things expanded on them, exaggerated them on them. they're doing it now uh, just to try to create a story that will somehow take over the narrative and in a lot of cases, That worked for them, especially during Donald Trump's administration.
0: Absolutely. And
1: before, look at, you
0: could almost be, you could almost divide um, news coverage from, you could call it BT and AT, before Trump and after
1: Trump. Right. There's a uh, distinct line there.
0: Right, because up until Trump, there were there were protocols. There were things that you could do that you wouldn't do, um, no matter if you were a Republican or a Democrat. And if you crossed that line, your own would turn on you sometimes, right? Right. right. And uh, that was rare for the Republicans, but pretty often for the Democrats. I don't right. know why that is, but uh, integrity maybe. Yeah, but, it could uh, have something
1: to do with it. could have something to do
0: with it, but... Uh, after Trump, you saw all these Republicans getting more and more. I mean, even before Trump, people like Ted Cruz and, and others kind of towed a certain line. They might say something outrageous, but then all bets were off. And since then, then you get the Marjorie Taylor Greens, you get the real crazies, the Lauren Boberts and the right. Matt Gates and all these people that all they do is stir up the scum from the bottom and to muddy the water. Um, right. They don't do anything positive. All they do is try to smear the other side so that somebody will get disgusted, maybe, and, and vote for them because they've they turned them against the other people. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know how we get put that genie back in the bottle. I'm well, I'm sure we
1: can. You get somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene who says something stupid gets ridiculed and laughed at for some saying something stupid, and they don't back down from it. They just double down. A good example is Marjorie Taylor Greene suggesting, we need a national divorce. Have the red states over here, the blue states over there. And I say fucking do it, man, because the red states will die in a vine in about two weeks because the blue states keep those motherfuckers alive. See how long they last. But it was such a stupid statement. It was so ridiculous and outrageous. Nobody in the world, even Republicans, agree with her. But she's still allowed to say it, and she's still considered a leader in the Republican Party, at least in the House of Representatives. That Republican Party is diminished to such a low level. It's fucking incredible.
0: Yeah, well, um, I think it was yesterday or early today. She said eight billion people had crossed the border into the U.S. <laughs> since since Biden had been president. There's only seven point nine billion in the world, I believe. Yeah, uh, something along those lines. I may be wrong about that. It Maybe it's just in the U.S. But eight billion is a is an incredibly stupid figure for anybody to say. She since deleted it. But one thing I do want to say, and this is cautionary to everybody who's on Twitter or Facebook or uh, whatever social media platform you're dealing with, um, when you see Marjorie or Lauren Boebert or uh, um, any of these right-wing mouthpieces say something, just delete them. Just block them. Because if you answer that, if you put a comment on that, All you've done is just send their message along and uh, people will read that message. They won't read your comment. So you're essentially helping them spread this this disinformation. So block uh, or what I will do. I will synthesize what they have said and put it out as a separate tweet. So you never hear what they said. I will just answer it as a separate uh, uh, tweet of my own. Um, I see other people doing that. And in the beginning, I was just as guilty as everybody else. I would want to refute what they had to say. (coughs) I would come on with my very concise, well-reasoned comment that nobody would ever read, but they would read their bullshit. So as tempting as it is to come back at them, don't do it because you're only helping them out. Rather, make your own tweet and, and tell people the opposite of what they've said they'll see what you say they won't see what they say
1: well you know it's funny it, it even if you went back 20 years ago there would be certain things like with marjorie taylor green or lauren bobert or kevin mccarthy 20 25 years ago if they would have said these things this would have ended their career yeah but it's a testament to how how uh uh how outrageous the Republicans and the Trumplefoxes are! Because they can say the most ignorant, stupid things, be proven to be wrong, and that just seems to give them more power and more of a voice amongst the Trumplefoxes. It's 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 like a bizarre world with Trumplefoxes. Everything that would have cost people careers just enhances their careers, no matter how fake and phony it is.
0: And absolutely, and. I- I was never a big YouTube guy. Occasionally, I would go on and looking for something in particular. But I, I just never spent a lot of time on YouTube. But for some reason, I'm starting to get now these uh, uh, to my Facebook account. I'll get these these postings of... Uh, and if I just keep scrolling through them, I can't believe the kind of crap that's on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> but uh, but yet, we see, we see these uh, Republican operatives, they've been elected to Congress, and uh, they're talking about, uh, especially right after January 6th, or leading up to January 6th, they're reading this stuff on YouTube and they're actually believing it. Um, um, I can't remember the guy's name. He's the guy who's trying to keep the government from getting into his
1: phone. Um, oh, there's a million of those.
0: Yeah, this is this is just in the you know right now in the news. That oh, was
1: that was that uh, Scott Perry? Is it Scott yeah, Perry or Rick? Scott, I believe so.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's Scott Perry.
1: And the but FBI they, already got the phone. They took it. From they
0: got the phone, and he's trying to keep them from being able to get in and read his text, which they've already
1: done. Yeah, they've that, already fucking. He done
0: just that. don't want it uh, to come out. But uh, some of what he was saying was about let's work with the Italian government on this because somebody put up this ridiculous theory that somehow the uh, Italian satellites were involved in, uh, changing, uh, uh, votes. Right. Yeah. this guy believes this. he was texting. Um, I believe it was, uh, McFarrow, what's the guy that they wanted to be, uh, district attorney. Deter- I mean, uh, Attorney General, uh he was an environmental lawyer. That Jeff clark's
1: yeah, Jeff Clark, yeah,
0: right, yeah, that he was writing to Jeff Clark. Let's don't worry about this, you know, Jeff Clark's thing of what they wanted to do, but let's 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 get to work with the Italian government on this because this is the real story here. I mean, right. the, these are people that were elected to Congress that you expect to have something on the ball, but clearly they don't.
1: No, I think you know, I think I, I never knew this up until recently, but. uh In the House of Representatives, it's a much different body than the Senate. And there are a lot of fucking weirdos in the House of Representatives, both on the Democrat and the Republican side. They're just average Joes that got the most votes in their district. And they could be crazy motherfuckers because everybody else in their district is crazy. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a prime example. She's in a district just outside of, of Atlanta, and it kind of goes north and west of there. And I don't know much about the area, in spite of the fact I have a place in Savannah. That's quite a ways from where I am. But apparently, in talking to people in Georgia, that's kind of a shithole of trump idiots in that particular area. So it's not surprising that Marjorie Taylor Greene would win. And until we get rid of, you know, this this ideology amongst these trump people, we're going to be stuck getting these people voted in.
0: Well, I you know I do have some hope because I'm seeing that young people, the Xers and 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 the ones that come after them, have have been and this is why the Republicans are trying so hard to destroy public education, uh, which won't work by the way no. because that's not where these kids are becoming liberal. It's because of the people that they interact with when they're gaming or whatever they're online. Right. I mean, their their community is not their local high school. Their community is the world. Right. Right. Uh, far beyond what, what ours was. So they have a much, much better grasp of uh what the equali- equality really means and what other people are really like. Um there was a, a kid that uh that I got to know, uh, he would he volunteered at the radio station and eventually had a had a program on in the evening and he had been uh, Um, He had been in in high school, he'd been kind of a a troublemaker, a little bit, let's say. You know, nothing serious, right? But he wasn't interested in in regular classes and so forth. And he wound up being sent to this alternative high school that had a lot of black kids in it. And suddenly he was in this, uh, he got into hip hop and all of this. And he realized that the people that, he was from the suburbs that they had been demonizing these kids and they were incredibly intelligent and creative people. And, and, and he flourished after that. I mean, he became a straight A student and, and um, he became just very, very uh, open to all kinds of people because he was, he was exposed to them and he found that they had so much in common and he's not alone. These are what the young people are like.
1: I think that's a, a good lesson that can be learned. The more we know, the more people we're exposed to, the better people we will be because we will realize that nobody's really that different other than skin color or ethnicity or or religion and such. But of course, the Trumplefox, uh the racist, they want to keep everybody segregated. They want to close yep. us off. Oh, don't talk to those LGBTQ folks. They'll rape your kids or 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 people of color they'll rob your stores and they perpetuate these lies strictly to keep you segregated strictly to keep you Undereducated about the world at large and uh, that's what people have to understand. go out and experience stuff just talk to people for the sake of being people don't don't walk up to somebody and say, Oh is that a Jew is he black is he uh is he gay? who fucking cares they're people man and once you open yourself up to that and meet people, you realize. The only thing that differentiates somebody who you like and you don't like is whether they're an asshole or not. Color be damned. Ethnicity be damned. It doesn't make a difference. It's about the content of your character, if you will, and if you hate somebody, regardless of color or race or anything like that, uh, it's it's because of who they are. And you shouldn't like people only of a, a certain race because those are the only good people because we know that's not fucking true. you got to open up and Racists in this world don't want us experiencing other people or other other cultures.
0: Absolutely. But your point's well taken about the House of Representatives. Once upon a time, and people forget this, the House of Representatives was a fairly reliable democratic stronghold. The reason for that? Blue collar unions. Right. That's why, because uh, these people knew that uh, power lay in organization, in standing up to uh, the oligarchs and so forth and uh, that they had power at that point uh, and then along comes reagan and that all goes to hell right and uh and, and state governments uh follow the reagan model and uh, eventually uh well we saw it happen in minnesota you have the uh, uh hormel packing company they go on strike and the, the republican governor sends in the national guard as peacekeepers right. what they're really doing of course is allowing the, the hormel to hire replacement workers without hassle and they break the strike
2: yeah. and that
0: that that's what's been going on and gradually as uh, what attracted working people to the democratic party no longer found that there then they started falling into the cultural area i mean the cultural warfare thing that the republicans are so good at and now we have the house of representatives that um, leans Republican, not because they do anything for these people, but that they have convinced them that Democrats are evil and satanic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Ed, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are back on the rational boomer podcast. Ed joins us today and uh, we've spent some time shitting on media and talking about how Republicans take molehills and, turn them into mountains. And we have one such case going on, Um, and I'm sure you heard about this, Ed. We have all this excitement going on down in Georgia with the special grand jury and now a regular grand jury and the impending indictments coming out. We had the foreperson of the special grand jury come out and give interviews. She didn't tell everything, but she told a lot of stuff and inferred a lot of stuff to make us think. The moment she did that, the Republicans, the Trumple fucks, jumped all over that. Oh, she fucked up. The case is done. It's going to get overturned. It's going to do this. Uh, then the media latches onto it. Oh my God. Should she have done that? Oh, it's I could fuck things up. And then even some fellow Democratic people that are, that are uh, friends of mine on the, uh, on TikTok, they go, Oh my God. She's a plant. Everything's inadmissible now. No. they they took this story that virtually means nothing and they expanded on it and the media helped them do that to make it look like, oh, we're in trouble again. We're going to get fucked by the Republicans again. But the fact of the matter is, the judge said it was okay to talk to the media just so you didn't talk about the things that were secret, like names and that sort of thing. And that's exactly what she did. She was a little goofy, a little creepy looking at times the way she handled it, but she didn't break any rules. And after hearing all this bullshit, the judge himself came out and said, fuck you. She's fine. She didn't do anything that she couldn't do under the law in Georgia. I mean, that's what we got to remember. This isn't federal law. This is state law with Georgia. But everybody wants to make it a big deal. The Republicans want to call (laughs) it a win for them. And the Democrats are going, oh, my God, we lost again. I'm so fucking tired of this bullshit.
0: Me too. And uh, that's what I said right at the beginning. I said the very best thing that they could get out of this would be maybe a change of venue. Uh, yeah. But that's not going to happen. Uh, I mean, what it comes down to quite simply is that when you're seating the new grand jury or the new jury, you just said, that. did you happen to see any of her statements? Uh, no, I was too busy watching Real Housewives.
1: Right, okay. Right. Take a seat.
0: You know, all you have to do is establish that no one, that uh, they didn't hear it or that uh, it didn't give them any particular uh, insight into it. It's like, uh, you know, let's, let's look at the, the murder trial we were talking about when we right. started here. I mean, uh, there was so much publicity of that trial before it even started. I mean, is there anybody who thinks this guy's innocent? I can't possibly believe that there is. And that includes everybody they put on the jury. I mean, right. the guy was, was searching on how to get rid of a body. You know, all this stuff. Yeah, it <laughs> seems a little important. fishy. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> just just I, a little bit. How's the best way to club your kid to death? You know, that kind of thing. Well, I, I, I exaggerate, of course. But uh,
1: well, there's something else to consider with this woman and the special grand jury that makes this perfectly legit and not a problem for the indictments. The special grand jury, where she was for woman, doesn't even have the authority to issue indictments. It has to go to the regular uh, uh, grand jury, which he's not a part of. Secondly, that special grand jury, now that they finished their report, they no longer exist. It's gone. It evaporated. So they could never send out indictments. They are now evaporated. So it really has no bearing on the cases going forward. She did exactly what she could do under the law in Georgia, and according to the judge, but everybody wants to turn this into clutch my pearls. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Whether it be positive for you or you Democrats that are scared, settle the fuck down and stop listening to people that don't know what they're fucking talking about. Well, this
0: is the thing, but uh, the the one concern that I do have, and it's not a big concern, is that, um, of course, the Republican lawyers, lawyers for all of these people will find out, file all of these appeals and all of this kind of thing then we'll jump things up for a while but if you have a judge like you just pointed out saying well, there's nothing to this, you know, go peddle your papers, as hmm. long as you have judges that will do that, then it, it's not a problem, you know you know that they will appeal all of this any conviction is going to appeal all the way to the Supreme Court which is unfortunate but um, they do seem to be able to turn stuff down. Now, let's see. What was the one they turned down the other day that surprised me? Um, well, they I can't they, remember.
1: They turned down well one, one core case was that um, Donald Trump was trying to avoid testifying in another lawsuit. Right. And uh, they said, no, you got to testify. He keeps losing these, these, these cases. And no matter what the reason is. They're always going to try to appeal these things and they're always going to fail. All it does is buy them a little bit of time. And as they get deeper into this and people get hit to the fact that it's all about delay tactics, they start running through these courts really quickly. I mean, Mike Pence is claim why he doesn't have to testify in front of the DOJ is so fucking ridiculous. It's, yes. it's unbelievable. He's going to have to testify. And now we see... That uh, Jack Smith has has subpoenaed Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, which is interesting, because yep. we know we know the DOJ starts at the bottom and works their way up to the top in an investigation. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, Jared and Ivanka, that's pretty much the top, save for Donald Trump. So yep. we're coming to the end there, and they're probably going to testify. They've already testified in front of the January 6th committee. How can you how can you argue that it's privileged when you've already given the information in the January 6th committee? It's crazy.
0: Right. And um, also I, I think we have to realize that because they gave that testimony, it's on record. Right. Jack it's Spence already there. Can can look and and then he can look at a lot of other testimony that maybe contradicted that. So now he can go to a bunk and say, well. <clears throat> You testified this, but we have 9,000 people saying the opposite was true. Right, right. Now, uh, I, right now I could send you to prison for perjury, but uh, if you want to work with us, it'll be your dad. He doesn't have that long to live anyway, and he's kind of an asshole. So um, why don't you turn on
1: Well, that may be the very reason for them to testify as much as even over and above per, perjury. I'm willing to bet there are some laws broken by Ivanka and Jared Kushner, especially Jared getting that $2 billion. I don't know. It's just me, but that seems fishy. But they might get them to throw Donald under the bus, if for no other reason that they do it before Donald does it to them, because Michael Cohen and other people have said as soon as he gets indicted, he's throwing everybody under the bus, even his own family members. They fucking surely know his behavior and his M.O. So it may make sense to younger people with kids in a future to throw him under the bus, sacrifice that motherfucker because he deserves it and to save themselves.
0: Well, I remember it being reported and it might have been from I believe it was from Michael Cohen, who has no reason to lie anymore. I mean, he, no. he, went, through, he went through jail. And he's really pissed off. But uh, he says Donald told him in, in relation to some case or other that might come before uh, where somebody might have to do jail time. He said, make sure that it's Don Jr. and not Ivanka because he can handle it and she can't. Right, right. You know, so uh, never, oh, I'll take it. I'll take the fall. It's fine. They were working for me. It was which of my kids am I going to send to prison instead of
1: <clears throat> Donald Trump will never expe- accept responsibility. Or, try, or allow himself to be accountable for anything. He will always pot it off to somebody else. As a nar- narcissist, he can't admit that he's wrong. Right. Let's let's talk about
0: <coughs> the Ohio train crash for the moment.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, he
0: shows up there uh, with a truck with some, uh, I think it was 13 pallets of water and some uh, beans, that goya beans that, you know, this right wing company that, gave right. him some beans, and, and it's you'd think he would have done better if yeah. he was going to make a splash. And he comes in, and part of God, what he's got is Trump ice, which went out of business in 2010. Now, right. he either took a bunch of empty bottles and filled them up with tap water, or yeah. these have been sitting in a, a, a warehouse somewhere for 13 years.
2: I'm willing to bet the, that the said, latter.
0: FDA says don't drink anything that's over two years because the plastic breaks down and leaches into the water and it can make you sick. So he's either going to make a lot of people sick or he just, you know, palmed off some tap water, uh, one of the two. But um, he essentially did absolutely nothing. He goes, he he shows up there. uh, I didn't listen to him because I, I don't, he has nothing to say that I want to hear. But uh, then he, uh, before, as he leaves, he yells, have fun. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
1: you well, know, you at know, least he, he
0: didn't throw paper towels at him, I
1: guess. Well, he threw water bottles at him with his name yeah. on it. But, but one thing, I didn't watch it either. I mean, that's the one thing about Donald Trump. He says, first thing he talks about, oh, the ratings on that were great. We had, we had all kinds of viewers, yet there was no national media there at all. He was just bullshitting. Yeah. But when he got there... He couldn't help himself. He was trying to take credit for all the activity that was happening there. Well, I called this guy and I called that guy. Motherfucker, you're not even the president. They ain't taking your calls. You're lying flat out and you're trying to make these dumbass people believe you that you're responsible for fixing everything. When, in fact, you're responsible for this thing, the very thing happening, because you pulled back the regulations on this shit. And then they asked him about that. You pulled back all the regulations. Oh, I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, you were yeah. fucking president, you dip fuck. They, it, they even have him
0: on tape talking about it and taking credit for it.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is... is Is everything that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth is a lie, and it's always a stupid lie. Now, you know, in my life, like everybody, I've had had uh, my occasion to lie, and I know you're a lying motherfucker. But we've all we've all lied, you know. But when you lie, it makes sense to make it a good lie in the sense that it's believable. He doesn't even try. He pulls anything out of his ass, says it like it's real. And expects people to believe it. it is just fucking nuts.
0: Well, when you're a child of privilege no. and you spend your whole life having lawyers run, uh, uh, run interference for you and you never, ever have to uh, pay any sort of penance or do anything, uh, you, you start to believe that you're infallible, I guess. Yeah. And, and uh, that, of course, is, is where he is. Now, about the train thing itself. I mean, I, we know that um, lack of regulation contributes to that sort of thing, even if even if it wasn't exactly what he deregulated that caused that. The fact that you can have 100 cars on a train and 49 of them are full of uh, toxic substances that if there's a derailment will explode, it's not designated as a dangerous train unless you have 51 cars out of right. that 100. Right. So, if it were me, if I were allowed to be king, and I'm always open to that. Yeah, but, I am too. You know, if you want to designate me the uh, philosopher king, I, you know, I've got other things to do, but I can give you, you know, a couple of days a week. Yeah. Exactly. To sort things out. You know? A part time, a part time king. First thing I'd do is nationalize the railroad. I mean, this is infrastructure. It's no different than an interstate highway, in my opinion. So just nationalize them. I mean these guys have been making money for two centuries practically, and uh big money because they got there first. Well you
1: got enough guys. No more. Yeah, We're taking than,
0: them over. We'll give other, you a, we'll give you a million dollars for each one.
1: Other than oil and gold, the rail industry is where the the the, the, the power barons are. And it started in the old West.
0: Yeah, even before.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's the old East. <laughs> the old East. That's some old shit. So yeah. um, you know, the Republicans are always making these comments. Why isn't Joe Biden in Ohio? And uh Buttigieg, the transportation director, was there. And they go, Oh yeah, he showed up, but Joe Biden didn't show up. Well, there were hundreds of derailments during Trump's administration, which he never showed. Not one. You know how many presidents have shown up at train derailments in the history of this country? None. I guess none. None. Yeah. You know how many depart- uh, uh, directors of the Department of Transportation have shown up at derailments? One Pete Buttigieg. So to be spewing this stuff out like Joe Biden should be there, he had a little something more important (laughs) to do, like go to fucking Ukraine and go to Poland and shove it in Vladimir Putin's face. As much as this is serious in Ohio, and it is, Ukraine's a little more important in the sense of the lives that are at risk. I mean, what's going on in, in Ohio is a fuck up by the Republicans, so they need to fix it.
0: Exactly. The uh, I looked it up uh, a couple of weeks ago when this first happened. We have had, on average, over 2,000 trained derailments per year for the last 50 years.
1: Really? I had no yeah. idea.
0: Yeah, and neither did I. <laughs> but it happens all the friggin' time. The big problem is the infrastructure, the rail system itself is really old. I mean, some of the cross ties were laid in the Old West that right. are still being used. You know, my wife and I took a train trip from many out from Chicago actually, out to uh, Sacramento. Cross country. And uh, we had to stop quite often. Uh, the Amtrak train we were on had to pull off under a siding while some other train went by. Uh, so this shouldn't happen. I mean, no. we should have a vast like in Europe. I mean, most people don't fly in Europe; they jump on the train.
2: Right?
0: You know. I mean, uh, when we were in Paris, we could have gotten on a train and two hours later been in Germany. You right. know. I mean, this is this is the uh, this is this is the way it should be. Japan, they got these bullet trains. You know. I mean, if they had one in L.A., they could be in Portland uh, in a cu- couple of hours. Right? You right. know. That's what we need here. And we need, uh, between the East Coast and the West Coast, if you fly, you look down, what do you see? Nothing. Nothing, At night, you may see some lights, right? But most most of the mid part of the country, it's wide open. There's plenty of places to put down rail, okay? And there's plenty of ways to get through there. And you could designate a line line for hazardous materials where they can only go 20 miles an hour. Sure, it takes them some time to get where they're going either that or you separate hazardous materials into their components so that it's not put together until they get to the destination where they're going to be used. There's lots of things you can do. You just have to address it. But when you've got people who are only concerned with profit, which is what we have now with the railroads, nothing is going to be done. I don't know if you remember back last fall, there, there was going to be a strike right? because, uh, um, they were willing to give him a few cents more per hour, but they weren't giving him any days off, not even sick days. Yeah. And then yeah, was and there was a threatened, a threatened strike, and uh, uh, Biden was able to keep the strike from happening, but that didn't really address that issue. These people are still working enormous hours, and they are, uh, um, they're not given days off, even if they do make pretty good money. Um, for the most part, I don't know if you remember Ed Garrett, uh, who oh, sure. radio station Ed worked for the railroad for several years in between radio gigs. And he said, you know, they would call me in at night and say, we need you to be, it was like 80 miles away tomorrow morning of this off ramp <laughs> for him to get on the train and do his job. And he, he was responsible for getting there. Right, right. So, you know, they've been treating people like this for a long,
1: long time. Well, to be honest with you, if you built out the railways and made them faster and more efficient, we probably wouldn't have as many problems as we do with uh, the airlines and missing flights and down flights and stuff like that. Uh, We should make the the railway system more functional and more available because, you know, to be honest with you. In this country, if you go on Amtrak in certain areas like cross-country or something, or you go on the Greyhound bus, you're almost taking your life in your own hands because you've got some unsavory folks in there. We need similar uh, security going on to those things as well as airplanes. So people like you and I, normal people, would feel comfortable using that as an alternative.
0: I agree a thousand percent. I mean, it's like we look the other way. We assume things are okay because we don't hear about it. Two thousand derailments a year. That's significant. How many people are killed in those? We don't know. How many communities are poisoned? We don't know because we don't hear about it. I mean, this one one got some publicity. But, uh, you know, what about that plant that blew up not that far away from a metal, some sort of metal processing plant? exploded and was on fire and burning i don't hear anything more about that do you
1: no no you don't and again that's that can be attributed to the national news and i use that term loosely they only that that's one of the things we've seen since donald trump was in office you have this horrible thing this big news story and then two weeks later people's forgotten about it because there's another fucked up mess to worry about we don't even exactly. have the time to focus and see through a tragedy, a scandal, whatever. We can't see see it through from beginning to end because we're off to the next thing. I mean that that's right. a testament to the media and uh, and and the uh, short attention spans of the people at large in this country.
0: Right, and uh, my father was a truck driver, and the the. Uh... You know, he finally got a union job with and became a Teamster, and he did very well. Before that, he was making six cents a mile, you know, uh, which doesn't go very far, believe me. But uh, that's what happened to the trades. The trucking industry took over once we had the the interstate, so most most stuff moved by truck, or uh, or a combination of the two. But uh, if we could get the rail system up and running. Uh, Even as bad, even as good as it was in the 19th century, uh, we could, uh, uh, we would do be, we would be doing much better off. And I don't know about you, but when I get on the interstates and I mean, everybody, the the speed limit, 70 miles an hour. Everybody's doing 90 and that includes the trucks. I, you know, I feel like I'm taking my life in my hands when I venture onto the interstates.
1: Yeah. I watch my son and my wife on the roadways and they're just scared to death as they drive on the roadways just because of how people drive. And then, and frankly, if you're driving on the freeways and you're scared, you should maybe get off the freeway because you put yourself yeah. in more danger. But the fear is real. I mean, having watched traffic for as long as I did doing traffic reports, there are some fucked up people on the roads and they just don't have a clue how dangerous it is.
0: No. I and mean, I, uh, we really need to look at our infrastructure. We really need to get the money out of it, so to speak, and make get back to the point where we're looking at the best practice, the best way of doing something, not the one that will give the most profit, most profit to the people who own the train.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I want to bring something up real quickly because it involves you. I just got a note on TikTok. Um, and it it comes from a woman, I don't know her name, but her her title on TikTok is, I'll spell it out because I I don't know how to pronounce it, S-E-H-N-E-F-U-L. Um, but this is what she says. Hey, Mike, I listen to your podcast every night. I love when Ed is on the show. You guys are great together. I have not missed an episode in more than a year. Keep up the good work and I'll see you tonight. So I wrote her back. Thank you very much. In fact, I'm recording a show with Ed as I write this. So not only is she going to appreciate the show, she's going to um, hear her handle from TikTok on here too. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I know Ed does too. And, and Absolutely. Uh, send us an email. Send us an email. And uh, if you have comments, questions, whatever, by all means, send it to rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or Mike at rationalboomer.com. And you know what? If you want to be on the fucking show, all you have to do is send me an email. I've had some listeners on the show recently. And it's always more fun when I have somebody else with me. And as she pointed out, and I'll point out, having Ed on the show is uh uh makes makes uh makes things easier. It's always good to have somebody else do a little work out here. I don't have to fucking be doing all the work all the goddamn time and people got to be tired of hearing me do all that shit all the time alone.
0: Well, you've done the work. I mean, I'm only here because you created this and um, I think it's valuable. I think an an alternative voice, someone who will speak up for um, women, minorities, uh, the folks who don't make a million dollars a year, Right, and that's what that's what we're here for. I mean, we both come from working class backgrounds, and uh, uh, we were able to um, finesse a system that allowed us to have a pretty good living after we retired from what we were doing. And uh, I would, I want that for everybody. I don't want any poor people. We are well past the point where we should have poor people. I'm sorry, uh, you know, I'm for things like a universal national income. That gets people to the point where then they can branch out and do what they really want to do. I am, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a Republican's worst nightmare. Yeah. Well, you're a lot of
1: people's worst nightmare. I'll just. Well, say that's that. true.
0: That's true. <laughs> usually my family.
1: Yeah, usually it's my family that uh, looks at me and go, "Oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. Don't bring that up, or Michael stand on a fucking soapbox and talk forever, and I will." It's, yeah, it's, it's the only talent i got i i can talk and it's not about quality it's about quantity and <laughs> you know as well as anybody that i can talk for fucking ever it's
0: true you know <laughs> and and i've seen him do it i mean we've done uh four hours on air about a, a major
1: traffic incident and not talking about anything else that is fucking no. hard you know when i've done that in the past I literally put myself into a trance. I literally bore the piss out of myself. You know, after a while, you just kind of, your eyes are closed and go da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I fucking hated it. I always thought that was a bad idea. And eventually I got them to understand it. But anyway, it's, you know, it's interesting. As I do the podcast and I do TikTok and more and more people kind of follow along TikTok I have about 230,000 people following. The podcast is growing pretty fast thanks to people like you and the listeners that have shown up. Uh and and it's heartwarming. It's not about me being any particular great talent because I I don't think that's it. But I think uh what we create here is kind of a rallying point for a lot of people who feel like they don't have a voice, you know. A lot of them are our age and when you get to be our age Uh, You get pushed to the side by the younger people. Well, you're old. You don't know about fucking current time. Just step out of the way. And uh, I refuse to accept that. My kids may think they're smarter than me, but they fucking ain't. And I point it out (laughs) to them when they try to act like I am. Uh, We still have some life in us. We still need to speak out. And as I've told the folks on the podcast, I can't save anybody I can't. I can't get anything done without a large amount of people behind us, and that's the whole point of doing what we're doing here: is to spread the word, and hopefully they spread the word, and we get a larger contingent of people uh, of a like mind to actually get something done.
0: Well, I think I think you and I have one thing in common that that, that sets us apart from all other generations to a degree.
2: Our looks. Is that,
0: that's it. <laughs> No, No, we grew up in a time where good guys were for the underdog.
2: Right, right, right.
0: That was the ideal. You did not support the bully. You did not support the rich man just because he was rich. You supported the underdog. It was better to give a hand up to the people below you than to keep them down. That was what we were taught. Uh, In our homes, on TV, in the movies, it was always help out the underdog. And there's more underdogs than ever now.
2: Absolutely. And uh,
0: that's what we learned, and that's what we're still doing, and that's what we will all all do. We will go to our graves saying, at least we reached out to the underdog. You know, we were lucky. Uh, It wasn't skill you know particularly it wasn't good looks it wasn't talent it's we had a lot of luck and we persisted and that's what it came down to but ultimately we know that there are barriers put in place to keep people down and we're doing our best to get rid of them. that's all there is to it
1: yeah absolutely and i i can i can attest to the fact that uh good looks and talent and intelligence had no bearing on any success I've achieved in my lifetime. (laughs) It's all about putting your nose to the grindstone and keep pounding on people until you get something. And, and so, um, you know, that. I do do you think that people like you and I, Ed, where I'm in my sixties, you're in your seventies, you wonder if it's some psychological study. Are we looking to set up our legacy? Meaning, we know all the bad shit's going on. We've gone through our bad shit. And now as we're on our way out, so to speak, we we feel this compulsion to try to at least do something, whether we're successful or not, who knows, but do something to try to make things better before we're out of commission, so to speak. Absolutely.
0: I am grateful. I mean, I started out, I, was, I spent my first, let's see, Till eighth grade, I lived in a house in a holler that had one running faucet in the kitchen, no indoor bathroom. Right. And, uh, and you know, here I sit in, in the ritzy area of town um, and um, I have an income that's, you know, it, it's, it's not substantial, but it's definitely uh, sufficient. more than most. Yes, it's sufficient and more than sufficient. Right. And mostly because I was a I had some opportunities That I took advantage of that, let's say, a black man from a similar black background would not have had. A woman from a similar background would not have had. So I'm grateful and I need to pay it back.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was at a certain age, um, just starting out and I had kids and I had a house, uh, based on not having finished college and not really knowing what to do. I was really scared because I had no idea how I would ever be able to be in a position to give my kids what they need to be able to retire and relax and and enjoy life for even a short period of time. Uh, But after all that time and all that struggling and all that juggling, somehow I've gotten to a similar place. I'm comfortable. I'm stress free. I've got a sufficient income to do the things I want to do. But but it causes me uh, uh, some pause when I walk around and I just look at people. I'm not even talking to people. And I'm trying to imagine in my mind, wherever they are in their life, what kind of struggles they're dealing with. And they all are dealing with struggles because we all do. And I'm thinking, God damn it. I'm 62. And I know how much time I wasted worrying and being scared and not knowing what to happen. But here I am where I am. Uh, And I wasted a lot of time worrying. I should have just focused on doing. But I look at folks, especially the younger kids who maybe don't have the opportunities that we had when we were young. And it just pains me, pains me to think that what these people have to go through. People say, don't you wish you were younger? Fuck no, I don't want to go back and relive that stuff. I have a lot of great memories, but I know there was a lot of struggles. I don't want to go back and redo it. If there's reincarnation, uh, God says, you want to go back? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I did it. I don't want to do it again. So I feel for the young people and the elderly people that aren't set up quite as well as maybe you or I are, and they are struggling. And I think it's absolutely uh, sad that people have to live that way. And I I feel like I've got to do something, but I don't have tons of money just to hand out. So maybe this is my one shot to do something, however little it might be.
0: And I'm there with you, too. I mean, it's, uh, there are people less fortunate me, than me that didn't have the opportunities that I had and, and won't. And um, I want to do something so that um, perhaps they can have a little quality of life. They don't have to be rich, but they need food on the table. They need a roof over their heads. Their kids need to be educated. And, um, and I want people to go as far as they can go. And I want equal opportunity as much as possible for everybody. And yeah. uh, somebody wants to do drag, do drag. I you don't know, give it a It doesn't spot. affect me. You know, I might even go watch. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it doesn't affect me. Uh, if, if you're in love with somebody of the same sex, more power to you. Have a good life. It doesn't affect me.
1: Um, if, you, if you're going to watch WWE wrestling, you certainly can't shit on people going to watch drag shows. That's right. They're, they're different, yeah. but they're similar. It's all about fantasy. It's all about, uh, uh, role playing or cosplaying or whatever you want to do. It's just it's fucking entertainment. Shut up about it. You know, if
0: I had kids, I'd rather leave them with a drag queen than a youth pastor. You
1: know? Yeah, no That's shit. Me. Well, you know, it's funny, um, um, uh, from time, you know, if I'm ever in a position where I can help somebody and I'm limited, you know, financially or whatever, but I do have some experience and some insights and, and I'll run into people from time to time that will have a problem and I'll give them some advice based on my own experiences. But it's weird how people react to things. I was in a I was in a, a store, a drugstore, and there's this little girl. She's about 18 years old. Very sweet girl. She she gives me shit. I give her shit. And she's she's just a nice kid. And we were talking about it. I go, what do you what do you want to do when you leave here? She goes, Well, I'll probably be trapped working here for the rest of my life. And I go, What? You're 18. You're a smart girl. No, 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 no. You you don't need to do that. You need to be looking for something better all the time until you are done working. You need to be chasing after something. And uh I think Some, I was telling my wife this, and she says, you know, you ought to be careful of giving this girl advice. I go, why? She said, "Yeah, you know, you're an old guy talking to this 18-year-old girl. It might seem creepy. Well, it's not fucking creepy at all. She's (laughs) young enough to be my granddaughter, and I'm concerned for her. I want her to understand that she has more potential than she's giving herself. And that's the problem. Everybody's afraid to talk to everybody. You know me. I'll talk to fucking anybody, and if it looks creepy to you, fuck you. That's not my mindset. Well,
0: the, this is the thing. I, mean, I talk to young people all the time, and boys and girls. Yeah. And uh, and I am creepy. No.
1: <laughs> well, you are a little creepy. You Weird me out. And no. I'm the fact so, that you're on
0: Zoom is a is a, is yeah. a,
1: is a blessing to me.
0: Well, I've got a got an OnlyFans account. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Let's promote that.
0: <laughs> no. Um, but what I, you know, sometimes times what I tell them, and you're not going to believe this probably, I tell them, you don't like where you are? Go in the service. Yeah, you know, you go in the that. Army. Go in the Navy. Go in the Air Force. Go in the Space Force. Whatever. You know, it'll get you out of here. It'll give you three hots and a cot that you right. don't have to worry about for three years, four years, whatever your list is. And it will, you will see things. You will go places. You will change your perspective. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you won't have to shoot at anybody or get shot at, you know. I mean, I didn't. I was a language, for God's sake. You right. Know? Um, and um, there's well, I, lots of jobs in there where you don't have to shoot anybody or get shot.
1: Well, I think even beyond that is uh, some people want to resolve themselves to their place in life, whether you be 18 working in a drugstore or you be retired sitting on the couch watching The prices Right. You feel like this is your lot in life and you got nothing left. So you sit there and vegetate or just live out this 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 groundhog's day every day doing the same thing. What I tell people is take a chance, take a step forward. Never step back, always step forward. When you're 18 years old, you have in your mind exactly what your life is going to be. Guaranteed, not going to work out that way. You're not going to end up where you think you end up. But if you get on the path, experience something and maybe that something is not your answer it'll take you to something else and then that will take you to something else and if you put the time in and you keep moving forward ultimately you'll end up in the spot you belong you'll be happy and you'll be content but don't be stagnant don't take backward steps and just keep moving forward and if if you move forward into something that sucks well move forward into something better but always move forward.
0: That's right. I mean,
1: um, when I first
0: got into radio, I had a couple of false starts, stations going out of business, uh, um, new people coming in and getting rid of the staff. It happened to me four times, you know, but um, I kept getting another job. (laughs) And I kept getting better because of the experience of each of those jobs. And and you just have to keep sticking with it. And eventually, if you're not a putz, (laughs) you'll succeed. Right. But the, it's it's showing up is the big deal. You just got to keep showing up.
1: And I, I think I think what people have to do too, because I think we create our own destiny with whatever attitude we have. If you have a defeatist attitude, if you think you're going to fail, you probably will fail. I tell this to people, and people don't quite always understand what I'm saying or think I'm crazy. But I've never gone into anything. Without thinking I was going to win and, and I'll give you an example um you know, I'd worked in radio for many years, and then the opportunity came to be a traffic reporter. Never in my life did I want to be a traffic reporter, but I had a wife, a kid, and a house. I needed to pay the bills. And I said, well, I can fucking do that. And I rationalized how I can do it. And then when I did it, I committed myself to owning this shit and being the best one I could possibly be. And that's the way it worked out. When I went into the music business, I knew nothing about music, but I said, fuck it, I can do that. And I had some accomplishments there. And the last example is TikTok in this podcast. Two and a half years ago, I said, I want to do a podcast, but I knew that in order to do the podcast, I needed an audience, and I thought that TikTok would be the best way to get an audience that I could transfer to the podcast. So I started doing TikToks, and everybody said, that's fucking crazy. You're not going to be able to do that. But I knew in my head I could. I had a vision of what would work, and and, and I decided I'm not going to try to do any fans, anything fancy. I'm not going to try to game this so I can get followers. I'm just going to do what I can do, the best I can do, and see what happens. And I did that. And, and of course, I did get a get a following that I did get a podcast. So it shows that regardless of what age you are, you can get an idea or a goal and then go after that goal. And you can reach it if you put in the time and you stay positive and confident that you're able to do it. And I think a lot of people walk into stuff thinking I'm going to fucking lose anyway. So fuck it. You can't do that.
0: Well, I had a similar experience. I wanted to do the same sort of thing, but I decided I'd just find somebody successful and leech on to like oh. <laughs> Yeah.
2: <The outside>. yeah. <laughs> so now, that's
0: what I've
1: done.
2: <laughs> no,
1: now, well, well let, let me just say this. Ed didn't come to me. I went to him because I'm inherently lazy. And I thought, well, if I could have Ed on now and again, I would have to do less work. And damned, once again, my positive attitude worked for me. And then I said, "That's right." Oh, and the blackmail.
0: Have... The blackmail. The blackmail.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and then the same with the audience members coming on the show. People said, "That's fucking crazy. Why would you do that?" Well, because I have to do less work. And they said, "Well," and they, and they said, "Well, yeah, but what if you get somebody you don't, that doesn't work out? It doesn't do well. Why would anybody have a listener on?" And then I said, "You have to remember, I spent most of my young life in radio producing call-in talk shows." Which is exactly yeah. what having an audience member on is, except it's just yeah. one instead of multiples. And this is a podcast, so I'm not live on the air. If somebody is an absolute dipshit, I just don't run it. I record something else. But fortunately, I've never had to do that because every one of the listeners that have come on have done a great job. So yeah. go out and fucking do it. Assume the best, and most of the time, you'll get the best.
0: Yeah, and that's it. And that, yeah the important thing is to enjoy what you do. And that's true. I mean, I've had some crap jobs in between radio gigs and, and acting gigs and so forth. that were really horrible <laughs> jobs. I mean, I sold a little bit of sighting over the phone, you know, oh, that kind wow. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is that, that's up. how low I'm willing to go. But I've, you do what you have to do to put food on the table. And in the meantime, you're looking for your next gig.
1: Well, when I was 16 years old, somebody, because I worked in radio kind of, uh, they talked me into trying to sell, uh, carpet cleaning over the phone that was fucked up that lasted about twenty minutes I'm, i i that was not that was not my thing, but you know people will ask me, Well, you got all these followers? How much money are you making? I'm not making that much money, if any money at all really uh, I'm not making much money at all but the but the point is I'm still living a dream I think a dream that everybody has, and that dream is I want to get to a point where I can do Just what I want to do, exactly the way I want to do, and not worry about keeping the lights on or feeding the kids or having a car and all that stuff. And while I may not make a lot of money from the podcast or TikToks, that's fine, because I do get to do what I want to do. And because of my other time spent with pensions and, and Social Security and stuff... I don't have to worry about keeping the lights on. So I don't cash a big paycheck at the end of the week, but I'm doing exactly what the fuck I want, the way I want it, and there's nobody in a suit telling me I can't. That's That's a fucking dream.
0: That's the dream, and uh, I'm glad you've made it real.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I've made it real, at least real in my mind. <laughs> well, anyway, Ed, Ed, we're coming to the end here. I want to thank you for uh, stepping in and, and doing the show. There's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, of course, this lady that just wrote this DM to me, uh, she obviously loves you. I get those kind of emails all the time. I'd send them to you, but then you'd be starting to ask for money. Your ego yeah. would get away from you. So I just i just don't send them to you. But. <clears throat> This lady who wrote this, she's on the show now. If you really want to be on the show, just send me an email. Uh, we're going into the weekend. There's got to be indictment season coming here soon. Are you feeling that that sense that we're going to start seeing these indictments, at least out of Georgia?
0: I was I was actually holding my breath today, waiting for something to happen. Because Friday is always a big day for that kind of stuff. That's um, true. And the day, it's a young, the day's not over yet.
1: Yeah, we're recording this uh, right around noon, one o'clock, Minneapolis time. So anything could happen. Uh, And this won't air till tomorrow morning, early, early tomorrow morning. So if something else happens, I might have to adjust things. But we'll see. We'll see. Ed, thank you for stopping in. And for the folks at home, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Uh, I hope you have a great day. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next
2: time.